If you're managing a team, then meetings are an absolute must. And if your team is digital, virtual, then it's almost imperative that you have team meetings. But how the heck do you run a team meeting? Like what makes a team meeting effective? How do you actually pull that off and, and not have it be just a snooze fest or something where it's just an absolute waste of time? Because let's face it, we've all been in meetings that are an absolute waste of time and you don't want to do that in your business, do you? No, of course you don't. Well, that's our topic today on the Build Your Team show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Build Your Team. I am your host, Atiba. And if you are a business owner looking to build a solid team so that your business can grow and scale, you're in the right place. I've been doing this for literally 20 years now, building teams for my different businesses and brands, and I've had a ton of success, and I'm here to share a lot of that with you. And today, we're going to be talking about effective meetings, because meetings are a, a necessary evil, okay? You, you got to have them. They're just something that you have to do. And today, we're going to talk about four and I got actually a fifth one too, but you gotta stick around for the end for the fifth one, surprise type of meeting. We have four different meeting types, four different meeting types, okay? First, kickoff meetings. You've got a new project, you've got a new thing. You've gotta have a kickoff meeting to bring everyone together and talk about the new project or the new thing, right? That's going on in the company, That you've gotta have that. Next is a status meeting. So after you've kicked off a project, then there may be some time and then you need to have a status to get an update on how things are going. Or as we do in our company, we have weekly status meetings where we go over the KPIs and I meet with each one of our teams individually and we go over the KPIs for their di different departments. And those are quick meetings. Okay, and we'll talk about meeting life, but those are quick meetings as well. But you gotta have the status meeting so you can bring everybody on the same page and so that you can very quickly and effectively see where there may be some some sort of slippage okay in your processes and you can arrest that and fix it the third type of meeting are brainstorming meetings now these are super important meetings right where you get people together and and you're really throwing all the ideas out there there's no bad idea you're going to vet all the ideas and see what comes back because you're trying to solve a specific problem and then the fourth is the post-mortem so if we had a kickoff meeting and we had status meetings for our projects then we got to have a post-mortem and that post-mortem is honestly my favorite meeting type absolutely my favorite meeting type because in a post-mortem meeting what we're going over is what went well what didn't go well what we wish we knew before, and how we can be better in the future for whatever it is this project or task is that we just completed. Did I love the postmortem uh, meeting because the thing that I get to do in the postmortem meeting is listen to all these different opinions and get all of this different data in, and then we can build a system of how we could do it better next time. 
And every time we, we do a post-mortem, our system gets better and better and better for whatever meeting type or sorry, project type that was we were working on. Okay, so those are the four different types of meetings that we're gonna be talking about. And there's a fifth, and I'll get to that one at the end. So stay tuned for that, okay? So let's talk about the structure of these meetings and what makes them effective and what you need to consider, all right? So first and foremost, for all of the meetings, with the exception of the brainstorming meeting, you need a very clear agenda. You must have a very, very clear an agenda where you've defined what the goal is, what the win is, as I like to call it, right? What is it you want everybody to know leaving this meeting? What do you want to accomplish in this meeting? And everybody needs to know and understand that. And then the rest of the agenda just allots how much time you're spending to each different area that you know that you need to talk about. Now, I'm going to give you a, a, a pro tip. Don't plan your meetings to the minute. So if the meeting's going to be an hour, only plan 55 of them or 50 of them. Give yourself a buffer because things are going to come up. Things are going to happen. A conversation may last a little bit longer than anticipated. And you need to be able to account for that. And the only way you can account for that is if you have that buffer. So the agenda sets the clear amount of time that this meeting is going to last and what we're going to accomplish in it. And you want to be able to stick to that agenda. So everyone knows, hey, we're here for an hour. We're here for 45 minutes, whatever it is. And then after that, they're done. What that does for you is it builds respect with your team. They start to realize that you value their time. Now, I said the agenda works for all of the meeting types except the brainstorming meeting. And truthfully, my, my type number five that I'm going to tell you about in the end. But in the brainstorming meeting, you've got to be a little bit looser with that. So you still want to set a clear goal with your brainstorming meeting. But then after that, you want to set a big chunk of time to the brainstorming, right? To the brainstorming. And, and you don't know, it may take 30 minutes, it may take 45 minutes, and then some more time to refining the brainstorming and, and then possibly planning meeting number two, where you refine more of the brainstorming. But the point there is, in a brainstorming session, it's kind of hard to put it in a box. Now, you still need to do it for a defined amount of time. You don't want to brainstorm for four hours. You don't even want to brainstorm for two hours. Heck, you don't want to brainstorm for an hour. So you, maybe you did your brainstorming for only 35 or 40 minutes. You had a five-minute intro where you talked about the win, and then your meeting is 45 minutes long. There's your brainstorming session. Okay, so first thing, set clear agenda. Set clear agenda and stick to it. Number two, number two, start and end on time. Well, this grows right out of setting a clear agenda. If you have a clear agenda and you allocated your time, well, you'll be able to start and end on time. That also means if you are running the meeting, you can't show up to the meeting on time. You should be early to the meeting. Heck, even one minute early in a virtual setting works. You don't have to be 10 minutes early. There's nothing to do. There's no one there in the virtual world, right? But even one minute early so that when everyone arrives, you can get started. The other pro tip here that you can do 
is if you know you're it, this is a big meeting you've got a lot of people coming in um, and there may be some com competition for times because maybe other people have other meetings that they're leaving etc etc then build in a buffer up front a five minute buffer where really you're just doing some team building or you're just chatting about something right and you let everybody know once they start you say hey we're going to talk about this for the next two or three minutes and then we're going to get started right at five after the hour but if that's what you say, then you get started right at five after the hour. So you start on time and then you end on time. You know, what I actually learned this one from my wife because I always used to start on time, but I didn't always end on time because I figured, hey, if we're in a meeting, if this is going good, we're going to go. And one of the things that she has taught me over the last 15 years of marriage, one of the things that she has taught me is that that's not respecting people's time. If people want to stay and keep talking, that's fine. If you can stay and keep talking, that's fine. But if you know you set a certain amount of time for this meeting, at the end of that time, you need to pause wherever the conversation is and say, hey, we've reached the end of our time. If you want to stay because we're having a great conversation, great, let's stay. We can continue going. But I want to respect you enough that if you need to leave, that you can go ahead and leave right now. Okay, so that's super important that we start and we end on time for all of our meeting types, all of them, right? Now, this next one is one that gets overlooked a ton. It gets way overlooked and it gets overlooked really because of the 80-20 rule. You all know the 80-20 rule where 20% of the work is done by, sorry, I said that wrong. 80% hmm. of the work is done by 20% of the people. Yeah, well, Number three, make sure everyone has a chance to speak. Make sure everyone's voice is heard. That's number three. You got to make sure everyone's voice is heard in your meetings. If you're having a status meeting and people are being overlooked and they're not able to participate, then you don't know what's going on with them. So in a brainstorming session, you could be leaving key ideas off the table. In a post-mortem post meeting, Again, you are completely clueless about their purview on life and what actually happened that you might need to know that can make all of the difference for you being more successful next time. So it's very, very important that you make sure that everyone's voice is heard. Everyone has that chance. Everyone's encouraged to speak up. And I know there's some people, especially in the virtual environment, who gets super quiet super quiet you know one great way to make sure everyone's voice is heard in the in the virtual environment when you have super quiet people especially if you're on a platform like zoom that allows you private chat send them a private message and ask hey you know i know you don't like to share a lot but is there anything that you would like to add is there do you have an opinion on this do you have something that you want to to some value that you want to add to this conversation and maybe they'll type it to you, but you have to give them the opportunity. Now, if they choose not to take it, that's on them. But you have to give them the opportunity, everyone the opportunity to make sure their voice is heard. All right, number four. Number four, keep meetings as short and concise as possible. You know, earlier you heard me talk about the brainstorming meeting going for 45 minutes. I didn't say keep it as short and concise as possible. There's no need to stay longer than you have to. What, what, what are we doing? 
especially in the virtual environment. Okay, figure out the shortest amount of time that you need to get the job done. Now, hear me on that, to get the job done. So if it's going to take you an hour to do it, do it in an hour. But if it's only supposed to take half an hour to do it, don't take an entire hour. That's just not efficient. Just not efficient, okay? And number five, rounding out at number five is you wanna make sure that you recap the key points and decisions at the end of the meeting. Now, if I had to say, if there's any of these that I am bad at, it's this one. And you'll find some that you're bad at too, and that's okay, right? And so what I've done actually with my teams is I've taught them, I am bad at this. And so as we're going through the meeting and as points and decisions are being made, I ask certain people to make sure that they're documenting those points because I know I'm bad at it. And then we can recap it at the end, okay? But it's super important because that oftentimes is what people remember the most. See, in meetings, people usually remember the beginning and they usually remember the end. The middle is usually just a jumble. So recapping at the end is super important. All right, so that's number five. So going through those five again, set an agenda and stick to it. Start and end on time. Make sure that everyone has a chance to speak. Keep your meetings short and concise. And number five, recap the key decision. And sorry, recap the key decisions and points that you made in that meeting. Now, I got two more things for you. One, another meeting time that I promised you. And two, you're going to probably say to me, yeah, but how do I deal with difficult people in a meeting? Like, you know, those people who try to take over the agenda, they just want to talk, 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 talk. So I learned this from a friend of mine at a company, which I can't say the name of her company that she worked for when they did this. But here's what they did. They brought an Elmo doll, you know, the little... Sesame Street, red guy, Elmo. They brought the Elmo doll into every single meeting. And the leader of the meeting had the ability to use the Elmo doll. Now, this was absolutely genius, especially when you have those people who like to go on and on and on about a topic that's already been decided and they're just repeating and repeating and repeating and repeating and repeating. They would get the Elmo doll used on them. And when the Elmo doll was raised, the entire conversation stopped because the Elmo doll stood for enough, let's move on, Elmo. Enough, let's move on. Yeah. Yeah, it might sound harsh, but it, you've probably been in some of those meetings where somebody needed that Elmo doll raised. I'm sure you have, because I know I have. Because I remember when I first heard about this, I was like, oh my gosh, I got to go get an Elmo doll because I know when I need it. The point is, there are ways that you can deal with difficult people to make sure that you don't lose your agenda and that you can still end on time and hit your goals and hit your goals. All right, now... My fifth meeting type, I told you I had five, right? I gave you the first four, kickoff meetings, status meetings, brainstorming meetings, post-mortem meetings, and number five, 
celebrations. We got to celebrate. In the virtual world, you must celebrate the wins with your team. You got to celebrate. You, when good things happen, you got to let people know. And it's okay. It really is okay to do that virtually. We did one um, recently where we everybody was virtual and we sent meals to people. Right? We did this for one of my clients recently and meals were sent. And we ate dinner together virtually. Yeah. You've got to celebrate in this virtual world where we're so disconnected. People need those connection points. People don't just need work, 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 work all day. You've got to still find ways to connect and build meaningful and strong relationships. And there's no better way than to have a celebration. Absolutely. All right, everybody. Hope this was helpful. As always, if you have any questions, any comments, drop them down below. Love getting your comments and questions. I will talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you.